When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The greatest team ever, out. The defending champs, out. Every single seed, one through eight, advancing for the first time ever. A game 750. Take a bow, sports. Bravissimo, wow. let's go. Wow. Forget. What a weekend. What a weekend. And then to see Kalashaw in St. Paul. In Grand Avenue. <laughs> that was just another highlight of the weekend. We'll get to that in a second. The three greatest words in the sports lexicon. Game 7 fitty. Never had it been said before. Never had it happened before. The one and only Steph Curry. There's a question whether this was the crowning achievement in his career non-championship edition. Whether, you know, this one game, win it or go home and maybe the end of the dynasty and he shows out like that elevates him and there's the nuts and bolts of this game golden state just pantsing sacramento in the second half for the road game seven win but let's start with curry because on its head it's a ludicrous question he's got four rings two mvps pretty unanimously is thought to be the greatest shooter of all time but pablo around the horn to you does a game seven fitty move him up the all-time list Oh, Tony, it has to move him up every possible list. To me, Steph Curry now is clearly the greatest offensive player of all time. We can parse oh. it among point guards. We could parse it among the all-time list in general. But offensively, who can do this? Who can? I mean, look, the greatest shooter of all time has always been a funny title to me because I've been told that shooting is important in the NBA. <laughs> Certainly we understand that now since the advent of the three-pointer. This is the greatest we've ever seen at scoring the basketball. And no, he doesn't have the total numbers of LeBron, certainly, and Jordan. But in terms of get me a bucket when your second best player is Kevon Looney, like the arguments against Steph, Tony, had been that he has all of this help. The second best player on his team was Kevon Looney on the road in a game seven. He did something that no one else has ever done. To me, it shouldn't be that controversial. And I believe it's true. Okay. Greatest offensive player in the history of the Okay, game. I was expecting, oh, now he's a top three point guard. Now he's a top 10 player. You go even, I guess, bigger than that. Mm. As you say, shooting kind of a part shooting. of the NBA. A little bit. Kevin Blackstone on what you say from Curry. Yeah, I would agree with Pablo. I will call him the greatest scorer of all time. That's what I was thinking as this game was going along because one of the things you think about with Steph Curry that just jumps out to you is his slight of build, right? He's, not, he's never been the biggest guy on the basketball court. Yet, the other night, he goes for 22 points in the paint, which they said was the most he's ever scored in the paint. And I swear, I think I've seen him score more. I mean, how he can get to the rack and get the ball over bigger guys, even taking contact, is really amazing. And we know that as a three-point shooter, he's great. But here's the thing about his three-point shooting. He has re 
define what three-point shooting is in the game of basketball. I mean, he is the reason that the NBA is played the way it is right now. He's the reason that college basketball is played the way it is right now because he's been an innovator in terms of distance. And you add into that the fact that he's got arguably the best handle in basketball that we've seen in years. That makes him uh, difficult right. to stop so, anywhere on the court. Uh, so, just yeah, so we're not score. prisoner of the moment in, uh, in one game against the Sacramento Kings defensively, not as sound as maybe uh, uh, the teams that Jordan played in the, in the 90s. Kalashaw, we just heard greatest scorer ever from Blackstone. That's a list that, of course, includes Wilton, Kareem, and Jordan. And Blackstone just put him on top of that. What do you say? I'm going to go a different route, although Kevin touched on part of it. He's the greatest game changer of all time in NBA history. And that includes Will Chamberlain, because when he changed the game, it was rules basically to make it harder for a seven foot two athlete. And there aren't a lot of seven foot two athletes running around. An Oklahoma City executive told me a few years ago when Durant was there, and Durant was at his best. He said Durant might be the best player in the league, but he can't change the game because he's a seven footer shooting three point shots. Steph Curry is changing the way basketball is played at all levels because he's showing that a, a more normal sized person can be a dominant scorer by shooting from distance, you turn on a college game, you see people shooting from five feet past the three-point You turn on Caitlin Clark, she's shooting from the logo. That all stems from Steph okay. Curry showing what a six-foot-two guy can do. in a You all are providing nebulous titles to your list. Tim, take me to the top ten players in NBA history. Take me to the top five point guards in NBA history. Where is Steph Curry? The top ten, he's not there. I can't put him there because i got to throw out Larry Bird or Tim Duncan. Who do you want me to throw out? Maybe Tim Duncan, but that seems ridiculous. Second on the point guard list behind Magic Johnson. And now we turn That's to it. Courtney Cronin. You just heard some of the more seasoned panelists on this show, at least Tim and Blackstone say, this, this one performance against Sacramento, well, it's better than Jordan when he scored 63 versus Mikhail Parrish, Bird, and Dennis Johnson. Go ahead, Courtney, please. I've got a new one for you. What about the greatest adapter of all okay. time? Think about all how right. you got you guys have all around. got these little nebulous words. Go ahead, please finish your thought. I want to get back to this. Sure. I mean, nobody was scoring in the first half except for Steph Curry, and he scored or assisted on 66 of their points on Sunday and created 53 of their 100 field goal attempts. No one was helping him. Klay Thompson was one of ten in the first half. Jordan Poole had five points. It wasn't until the third quarter where the rest of the Warriors decided that they wanted to show up to this game. And Steph Curry still dropped 30 points in the second half. So I, I think we can have the debate greatest shooter of all time, maybe the best point guard if you want to put him over Magic Johnson in that category. Top ten, I don't see how you can't put him in the top ten, especially when he keeps doing this. Every time we want him to up the ante, he does, and he keeps his Warriors dynasty alive, like that in itself is worthy of every accolade. KB, can you give me a top 10 player in NBA history here? Is Curry on your list? On my list, top 10? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Torrey? Yes, top 10. Edging Bird. All right, so you're knocking out Larry Bird. This is like a snub in the All-Star. Yeah. You got to throw somebody out. You're throwing out Bird. Kalashaw's tempted to throw out Tim Duncan. The run continues for Golden State. You thought it was the end of the dynasty, especially when they went down 0-2.
But here we are now in a dream matchup for the NBA. There's going to be clown car reactions and overreactions to Golden State Lakers. And I want a little bit more on the Warriors here. Courtney Cronin, we'll start with you. I cut you off a little bit short there. Talk to me about how you feel about this team now, maybe opposed to a week ago going into the series and whether they can take the Lakers and go further. You feeling better? I am, and I think that a lot of this has to do with how well they fared against the Kings, the Kings of transition during the regular season and for the most part during the postseason. We know that the Lakers can get out and run. They create a lot of their offensive possessions on the break, the most of any team in the postseason. But after Golden State just got done doing what they did to this Kings team, that that's their bread and butter, I have a lot of confidence in this series going seven games, but I have a lot of confidence in the Warriors getting past the Lakers in the second Kevin round. Blackstone. It'll depend on what Kevon Looney can do against AD because with Sabonis, he just dared Sabonis to shoot mid-range jump shots, just backed off him, and Sabonis was absolutely horrible in game six and not much better in game seven. I don't think that AD will take that kind of bait. You can't lay off of him. Not only that, they rebound the basketball one and two in the playoffs right now, and that's going to be a big difference. Obligatory. No, this is an Adam Silver fever dream, this matchup. It'll go seven games, and it'll be a challenge defensively in the ways that the Kings were not. The Lakers, after the trade deadline, have the best defense in the NBA. They are really, really good right now, but I believe the Warriors and that offense, and specifically Steph Curry himself, will be enough to win in Tim seven. Kalisha, just a taste looking forward to this. I don't feel very good about the Warriors, honestly. They had a good plan against Sabonis as KB touched on, and Fox uh, fractured a finger in game four. It still took seven games. The last time Anthony Davis was playing like this, he and LeBron won a title in the bubble. The Lakers are going to win Woo! Woo! All right. Let's move on because the Boston Bruins had an implosion for the ages. How you can go six months being the best team of all time, losing 12 games, and then lose four in a week, including game seven at home in overtime, it was like, how can we make this the most excruciating, embarrassing thing for our fans? You better not ignore the Panthers in this. And of course, the Kraken beating the defending champs on the road in another Game 7 shocker. Colorado goes out. But Tim, how did this happen? And a second question, why do the greatest teams in the history of the regular season all sports never win? Boston lost three out of four games at home to Florida. That just seems impossible based on how they played in the regular season. But if you look at the Bruins, in hindsight, they don't have special goaltending, and they even made a change for Game 7. And their coach, who I think is a good coach, Jim Montgomery, the only place he's coached in the NHL before this was Dallas for a couple years. He's not very experienced in the playoffs. So you got two things they did not have, and Florida had a team that led the NHL in points. They, had the, they were the President's Trophy winner a year ago, so they caught Florida at the wrong Courtney time. Courtney Cronin? I think we're going to be looking at uh, Montgomery's coaching decisions here with a magnifying glass going into the offseason because if it wasn't playing Bergeron and Marchand in the start of Game 5, it's the goalie decision. And on top of that, just think about how much bad luck this team had. I don't want to take anything away from the Panthers because they deserve to be here. Down the stretch of the regular season, they really turned it on their very talented team. 
but it's the it's the president's uh, president's cup trophy, whatever you want to call it, the regular season <laughs> the trophy. Yeah. That is a really big issue that we've seen play out. It's blowing a three-one lead. It's Marshan having the break away in game five, and then bl- them blowing that game in overtime. It's being up ten minutes in the final uh, moments of game six, and then losing that game, and then on their home ice yesterday, losing it in the final minute. I just can't think of a more unlucky, really, really good team. Kevin Blackstone, did this come out as unluck for you or an all-time collapse? Um, you know, we say here in Washington, heavy is the head that wears the president's trophy. Um, so this is part of that curse, I think. But here's why it's a big problem for the Bruins, because the playoff team that you saw was not the regular season team. They were plus 54 goals in the third period during the regular season. They coughed up 13 goals to the Panthers um, in the third period and and blew leads in game six and game seven in the third period. So this was a defensive problem for them, and obviously it built up over the course of this series, and they just couldn't overcome it. But this redounds to the larger question that Tony started with, I think, which is why does this keep happening to the teams that are the greatest in the regular Thank season you, of all yes, time? Yes. And that is because the postseason is different. What these teams that have these records, what they do is they make the mistake of actually taking the bulk of the sport seriously. And it's really hard to do. To be the team that sets the record is to be a team that had broken a record that had been held for 30 years, 20 years before that. They give a title out to every single person every single year, and it's very impressive. But the thing about it is you can be an A student over 80-plus games as a head coach, as a goaltender, but when it comes to a seven-game series that you lose in overtime, guess what? Randomness and chaos is the name of this game, and it's very different from the one you just dominated. You like that? A game of randomness and chaos? Because if you go back just this year, you go back to March Madness, all right? 16 over a one. And then you had the greatest team maybe of all time, South Carolina losing. And then you go to the NBA, and I said it before, one through eight. That's never happened before. Advancing. And then you have this happen in the NHL. Is it because of random nature of playoffs? Is it is it diluted? What is it, Pablo? I think it's both. I think it's the fact that some teams really don't care until they have to really care. And we care a lot about this. We do appreciate the random. We'll be back by ourselves next. (laughs) What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc., a tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. There is no overreaction like draft recap overreaction. Who won the draft before anybody puts pads on? However, I'm Studad. I need it anyway. Cordy Cronin, this is not an overreaction, just a plain reaction. You nailed this. On our last show before we took our break, you had Philadelphia making the move for Jalen Carter. Boom! Here's your bonus for that. And what's your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is that Philadelphia Bulldogs team. They don't overcomplicate the draft. I was texting with a source there over the weekend and said, you know, you can take other players from other college programs other than Georgia. And the mindset is get really good players from really good college teams and have them play for you in the NFL. I love the Jalen Carter uh, pick with N'Kobe Deans there as well. And then Keely Ringo on day three. You pair them with players that are already part of that 2021 Georgia Bulldogs defense. And I think it's going to be a really ferocious unit in Philly once again up front. Kevin Blackstone, your takeaway from the draft. Well, I just love the way we all talked about quarterbacks. Who's going to go number one? Would Anthony Richardson go high? What about this Will Levis, Levis, kid, Levis kid at the very end? And guess what? We had two running backs taken in the top 12. That was amazing to me. Bijan Robinson, who I thought in years past could have been a number one pick given what he did in college. And then Jameer Gibbs gets taken at number 12. That's the first time running backs have been selected that high in the first round since 2017. Right, and there's a reason for that because of how teams prioritize the running back position in the NFL. Do you think, well, even in Detroit's case at number 12, It's going to work out for them? Everyone loves it. Go ahead. Right. Well, you know, they, they pick up Gibbs. They got rid of uh, of Swift. To, so I assume he's going to come right in and start. And maybe that's a little different thinking in the league about how you can use running backs. So you backs appreciate it for zigging driven where others have zagged or vice versa. Pablo exactly. Torre, I go to you. Oh, my takeaway is the zag, though. The zagging and zagging and zagging and zagging to the point of 12 quarterbacks taken in the first five rounds, a record in the common draft era. And so as much as we're talking about ways that teams can find the market inefficiencies, the reality is teams are again going heavy on quarterbacks. They will again in the upcoming draft next year. And also they don't know anything. Brock Purdy, to me, Tony, is the name I keep on thinking of because that dude was the last guy taken, and he is the most important player of all those quarterbacks seemingly taken and actually deciding meaningful football games. So, yeah, nobody knows Jack Bleep. Thank you for that, Pablo Torre. Tim Callishaw. <laughs> In three years, I want to see how Houston did getting Stroud and Will Anderson right. at two and three. But, but Courtney's right. Philadelphia, especially here in Dallas, Philadelphia kind of hovers over 
the entire draft, not just the picks, but the trade. Oh, Detroit drafted running back. We'll take DeAndre Swift for a third day pick. Slide him in where Miles Sanders used to be. It was just like another perfect draft for them. Howie Roseman, it's almost the breaking bad. He can't keep getting away with this. We'll move on. How the Heat went into Madison Square Garden yesterday, put a clinic on the Knicks on how to close a game out. Kevin Love outlet pass game. The Kyle Lowry finish game. Jimmy Butler was hobbled. The Knicks never went at him. Jalen Brunson said the loss is on him. Pablo, what's the game one takeaway in this series? Oh, that my nostalgia from my mid-90s childhood is so much better than the reality of what this game was. (laughs) And I had been raised on violence and vengeance and revenge and the opposing coach, Tom Thibodeau, former coach of Jimmy Butler, they don't attack him. They don't try to exploit that injury. It was baffling and antithetical to the whole theme of what this series is supposed to be. Jim Callishaw. My takeaway is that the rest of the series will be very different. Uh, the Knicks will have a different approach, and they'll probably have Julius Randle back sooner rather than later, and that'll make a huge difference. I don't know if Jimmy Butler can do this almost by himself. That's what it looks like. <laughs> we said that at game five and six and seven of last series. Cordy Cronin, you actually gave them a chance because of what Butler was doing. Here's more bonus for your picks last week. Now go ahead on this one. Turning back the clock, the Kyle Lowry game, 18 points, six assists, and four blocks. My goodness. We know that Gabe Vincent's the one who had the dagger shot, the contested three that put them up six late in the game. But it was Kyle Lowry taking the off- taking the reins of this offense, especially when Jimmy Butler rolled that ankle to help them cruise to this win. He is uh, my biggest takeaway. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't think that the Heat had this in them without having a full uh, throttle of Jimmy Butler, particularly in the fourth period. But they are more than Jimmy Butler, and that's got to be frightening for any NBA team, for the Knicks, for the rest of this series. Uh-huh. Ooh, that was a quick horn. A quick horn hurts. Kevin Blackenstone and Tim Kalisha, who we should mention. Tim, thank you for postcards from St. Paul, Minnesota. You went viral this week showing us your look. You were, you were, you always look California, but you were feeling Minnesota this weekend. All right, that's it for Kalishaw. Little Chris Cornell there, anybody? No? Cronin, Torrey, showdown next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
Rangers Devils game seven tonight in Jersey. Winner gets the second round and rights to the Statue of Liberty, which that's the 19 greatest words in the sports lexicon. Courtney, how will this seven be won? Tony, the fourth win is always the hardest to come by. The Rangers have the experience, they have the edge in goaltending, and they have a lineup of stars that carry a big momentum boost from game six, and they will carry that over into the second round. Pablo Torre. And they have the experience. They've won six of their last seven games when facing elimination. Last year in the playoffs, they won two rounds where they were down 3-2. They are desperate. They rely on mistakes. The Devils are making mistakes, but they take advantage of those mistakes. I think the desperation may be equal going into a winner-go-home game, Pablo. Road teams have been running the rink in, in the NHL playoffs. You both have the Rangers in the road tonight. We'll move on. Showdown 2, Suns Nuggets game 2. Denver and Woody Page feeling good after game 1. Pablo, do the Suns bounce back with a win tonight? I don't think they do because the two-man game of that guy Jamal Murray and that guy Nikola Jokic was unstoppable in the pick and roll. I don't know how you stop it. Murray at 34 points, 28 on jumpers. Good luck defending that with DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton said that they don't lose twice. That's their motto. They better not because this is not the same Suns, same Nuggets team that the Suns played two years ago and swept in the postseason. They also need a little bit more than Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to show. What do you got tonight, Courtney? I have the Suns in game two. I can't go away from any of your predictions after you hit everything from this oh. weekend. And that decides it. Courtney Cronin, 30 seconds. <laughs> One of the coolest moments you will ever see took place in the sixth round of the draft. Chris Vaughn, the assistant director of college scouting for the Dallas Cowboys, got to pick up the phone and place a call to his son, Deuce Vaughn, a running back from Kansas State that was drafted by the Cowboys. He said, you want to come to work with me next week? Such a good feel-good moment from the Dallas Cowboys, maybe garnering some of that goodwill with everybody who doesn't like that organization. But all jokes aside, they got their running back. It wasn't Bijan Robinson. It was a sixth-round pick in Deuce and that's Kalisha's beat. You know Kalisha's beat yeah. better than he knows it. Yeah, How about of, that? They get a lot of feel-good moments in April. 23 at the break. We'll see you tomorrow around the horn. <laughs>